it's your girl katie t with a quick word before we start today's episode it's wednesday and as you know we normally drop a new episode on thursday but today is such a historic moment that i just could not help myself and so i've asked a few of my girls to get on with me and talk a little bit about this historic moment what it means to them and uh, how they're feeling over what we've been experiencing these last few weeks. So we recorded it a few days ago and wanted to bring it to you on this inauguration day. I hope that you had the chance to witness history and that you'll take a moment to listen to what we had to say. It's a podcast for women of color where we talk about the issues we're facing on a daily basis, y'all. I am your host, Karen Davis Thompson. Excited about our conversation today. I have a regular with me and then a new person who uh, has agreed to join us today. And so I want them to introduce themselves. We'll get into what we're talking about. I have my sister, Amber, and my line sister. Y'all may not know that I am Greek. I am a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, and I have one of my sorrows on as well. So ladies, I'll have you introduce yourselves. Tiffany, since you're new to the mic, why don't you start? Well, hello, everyone. I am Dr. Tiffany Ferdinand, and as Karen stated, I am her sorority sister of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. I live in Miramar, Florida. I am the mother of four beautiful daughters, and I am currently volunteering with a federal volunteer program, and I am located at Miramar High School. I am a registered pharmacist by profession, and I am currently developing an app along with my sisters for our business T-Bird Excellence LLC. So we can't wait to get our wonderful products out to you, and I look forward to the conversation. Thank you so much. Amber, why don't you say hello? Hello, everybody. Um, Again, it's Amber Connage. I am by trade or my day job is I work for the government, as you guys know, and my side hustle is a crafting custom gift kind of um, business, and it's called Designs by Lynn LLC. Um, But that's what I do is my side hustle and then my main gig. I'm a newlywed, about to be three years, Um, no children, just a stepson, and that's it about for me. Thank you so much for that, ladies. Really appreciate that. And I will be sure to put any information you'd like for me to share with the audience in the show notes. So let's get into this conversation. I wanted to do this because typically I drop my episodes every Thursday. And I'm going to try to do this one on Wednesday on Inauguration Day um, because it is symbolic, obviously. This uh, podcast is about women of color, the issues we face. It's a platform for us to tell our story. And as we all know, we're going to have the first female and the first woman of color to be the vice president of the United States. And that's extremely exciting. And I wanted to talk about that, but I also wanted to touch on, you know, I I just thought it would be remiss. It's been so much uh, said on social media, obviously in the news about what happened at the Capitol. Um, It was very, very sad to see. I'll start with my own feelings about that. And we'll, you know, then I'll have you guys just kind of weigh in on what was going through your minds. But to see a siege on the Capitol is something I never thought I would ever witness uh, in a million years. And um, it's so many emotions for me. I don't know if any of you saw it, but I did um, um, a post and it had a a GIF or a meme of um, Vice President-elect Harris. And I think it was from her um, debate with uh, Vice President Pence. And she just kind of made this face like, I'm waiting. And so I used that and I just said, I'm waiting for 45 politicians, community leaders, all of those who felt the need to call people in the Black Lives Matter movement thugs to use the same language to describe what we're witnessing at the Capitol. Uh, Because the response by um, police and authority was completely different. Um, And that was really, really disheartening to me. Um, And again, like I said, just in total shock over what I was viewing and over the things that, uh, you know, the reports that are out about what they're planning uh, on Inauguration Day. So I'll let you guys start with how you felt about what you were seeing, um, how you felt about the presence and the response as it related to the Capitol versus what we saw over the summer with the Black Lives Matter protests. And so, Tiffany, I'll let you start. Well, definitely, I was stunned, surprised, saddened, angry all at once. Um, I was just really taken aback by what was transpiring. Um, I wasn't at home. I was able to view it from my phone, and I was definitely concerned. Uh, 
that this was even happening, as you stated, that this could happen, actually happen. It seemed like something from a movie or something from another country. It didn't seem like this was America. But then my mind goes back to the song, this is America. And so it, it hurt to see that people were so blatant and had just a disregard for human life. And like, it was just truly almost as if they had a cult mindset. And the first thing I thought of is how are we going to explain this to our children? We, you know, we get on our teenagers, our preteens, and we get on them about, you know, proper decorum, how you walk into a building, their branding, their presence. And now to see this utter display of disregard for human life, disregard for our values as a country, as a people. And it really bothered me. And considering I work with high school students, um, some of whom are working, you know, in school, but at home, some who are in person, I was just wondering how was I going to answer them? And then also my daughters, I have two daughters that are in one in middle school, one in high school. I have one who is in college, one who is out of college and currently lives in the Maryland area, working with an elementary in DC. And just how, you know, do I respond to them? And it was actually interesting when I came home um, later that day, my youngest daughter was talking to her friends, I think via Zoom, and that she was even discussing it. I didn't even know that was in her, you know, <laughs> on her mind. And she was just wondering, well, mom, you know, she asked her friends and then she asked me, mom, where were the police? You know, and of course they were there. And um, definitely the response was lackluster at best. Um, but, you know, I feel for those um, officers that were there defending, you know, our, our country, our capital and themselves, but then also the ones who were taking selfies with the people that were there. Um, definitely, I told my daughter, you know, that, those actions and letting, you know, some of the looters, riot, you know, rioters, um, those part of the insurrection, let's call it what it is, letting them in was definitely, you know, wrong. If I decided to go to a county, you know, the courthouse here or some federal building here, which is literally about a mile away from me, you know, they would have me in handcuffs. I probably wouldn't even be talking to you today if that happened. But to see that they could just do that and just be so... I mean, just like I said, just blatant and just the hypocrisy of it. Um, why weren't there more people there? You know, our children are going to ask why when we do something, you know, the cops are called on us right away. We had peaceful protesters and then there was a strong presence. But now you have violent rioters where people lost their lives. And the response was just, you know, just ridiculously minimal. So it really, really hurt to see where our country goes. And just, I'm just concerned a little bit. As I stated, my oldest is currently in uh, Maryland. She flew back on Friday to go back. So she had to fly into DC. She said there was heightened security at the airport. Um, she lives in Maryland, so she made it safe and sound. But I'm basically telling her, you know, stay home. Definitely watch. You don't want to be, you know, fearful and where you just don't move or you feel like you're a prisoner in your own country. But just definitely to take some precautions, but definitely still celebrate the moment that we have. Thank you so much, Tiffany. So much to unpack in what you just said, and we'll get into it definitely. But um, Amber, why don't you talk a little bit about how you felt, what was going through your mind uh, when all of this took place? Um, similar to um, some of the same emotions Tiffany was feeling, um, just hurt, sad, um, confused. Um, and I know one additional for me um, is... I was a little bit scared. Like she said, it was like watching a scene from a movie. I don't know how many of you have seen um, like the Olympus has fallen, London has fallen. It reminded me of that. And, you know, it was like you were watching this movie and you didn't know what was going to happen next. And, you know, similar to her, yes, it, it's confusing because um, I even made a post about it. I just couldn't take it. You know, the things that we are fighting for, or marching for or protesting for, which is our right were, you know, to be able to sit at the lunch counter at one point. Um, this is just for fighting for our own lives, you know, protesting for you just not to, you know, kill our men and women, boys and girls, like it's a sport. Um, those are the things that we are doing. And for you to just do this on such a, a, a public figure, you know, representing um, our country, 
was just amazing to me. And for me, working in government, um, it also scared me. Um, because if these people were to do that here, working in the local government office that I work in, people are already a little heightened and we have to deal with a lot of their comments and things to them that they say because we are government. Um, you know, they want to blame everything on something. Um, that seems to get a little bit worse, but it does make me a little scared about working there, you know, because could that happen here? If it happened there, it could happen anywhere. And that's how you feel. Um, so it has made me a little more heightened, um, being a little bit more careful just into going to my car to get something out of my vehicle in the parking lot of my own job. Um, I find myself looking around more, um, looking at my car more when I get into my vehicle. And, you know, working at the local government that I work at, I am the actual manager there. And it's sad to say that you have to think, are people going to know that and know that I'm black and then have an issue with that and then try something there? Um, I'm a female. All of those things going through my head, which should not go to my go through my head just to go to work every day. So it was frustrating to see that. I was very upsetting. Um, I know it came to my mind about the young woman who had breached the gate at the Capitol and she's dead. And she breached the gate. And look how far they got. <laughs> and how many lives were spared and nothing was done. And this woman was in a vehicle and breached the gate. And she has lost her life for that. Um, and unfortunately, the only comparison is, is that she was black. And that's how it makes you feel. And um, you don't want to walk around scared, like you don't know what to do. But I don't know how you can help that in this situation. And I'm glad that you both mentioned that because, um, you know, there were a lot of comparisons to that. And I think they were valid ones. And so how did you feel about, uh, you know, a lot of what I heard afterwards was about, you know, some of the uh, members of Congress who talked about how they tried to talk them down. And uh, one representative talked about, we just didn't want them to get hurt. And, you know, there was seemed to be so much concern about um, keeping them calm. And I, and I guess maybe some of that was because it was such a large mob that, you know, the angrier they got, the worse you thought maybe things would be. But I just also thought it was very interesting, the the contrast. You know, when we had Black Lives Matter, those protests, nobody cared about making sure those were large crowds also, um, most marching peacefully. But nobody talked about making sure that none of them got hurt. But that seemed to be um something that was on the minds of several, you know, just, you know, we were trying to keep people from getting killed. And so how did that make you guys feel? Did you hear some of those same things? And how did you feel about that? Um, Amber, you go first. Um, truthfully, it made me angry. Um, <laughs> because um, like you said, nobody seemed to care about the, it was just about getting rid of the protesters, stopping us from our civil rights, from our right to be able to peacefully protest. And like people have said before, protesting is, it should make you a little bit uncomfortable because you are fighting for something that is a cause. Um, but that is our right. These people had no right to, I mean, you were breaking and entering. I mean, that's what you were doing. <laughs> you're busting windows, you're going inside and someone is concerned that you don't get hurt while you bust a window. How is it that you can come into my home and as long, because you're breaking into my house, I can shoot you and nothing can happen. But nobody, everybody was so concerned about, you know, what would happen to them and how they felt and, um, it makes you feel like th the whole thing that we're fighting for is that it's a complete disregard of our lives. And um, just to people, you know, but you're, you know, you're walking by people's house and you're disturbing them. How am I disturbing someone just by walking by their business or walking peacefully down the street when these people were obviously angry, upset and the amount of time it took for police to get there to even stop anything? And they really didn't stop anything because, I mean, they got in, they got into these different offices, but all of this, they were there to wreak havoc and to vandal and vandalize things. But your whole complete concern was just for their safety. And um, it just adds to the frustration and the confusion and the, you know, you, your emotional state of being upset. It's just, it makes it really difficult for you to live every day in life in mixed cultures <laughs> um, because you become very angry because it's just another evidence that you are not treated the same um, and you're you're not thought of as the same um, and now we're coming around on Martin Luther King's birthday and you know his day that we um, honor him and I posted something the other day and I said that maybe one day Dr. King your dream will actually come true 
because it doesn't feel like at this moment that it is because we're still not being treated the same. You care about their safety, but you didn't care about ours. It was a complete disregard. If someone beat us in the head, knocked us down, which is the same thing he was fighting for, that didn't matter. But if somebody did this over here of a different race, a different culture, it was okay. And there was a reason that they did it and why they did it was okay. And we just wanted to make sure that they're okay. So, I mean, it's just a bunch of emotions, but it does make me very angry. And Tiffany, how about you? Um, to Amber's point, you know, I let my daughters know that what these people, rioters did was they committed crimes, you know, breaking and entering, you know, um, destruction of property you know, battery, et cetera. I mean, all of it. And I posted that all of them need to be arrested. Point blank, period. No discussion, no conversation. These are federal buildings, so they need to be brought up on federal charges. Because if my child went to the post office and did something, she, you know, if she decided to rob, you know, a federal building or, you know, even just a local grocery store, my child would have been hauled off and placed in a police car, hopefully alive. Um, but they have to face the consequences. And as, to your point about the calmness, I haven't heard that per se, but definitely the reaction is kind of like, well, this is America, you know, the, the people going in were saying, you know, this is our house, you know, because like we're citizens, this is our place. And so the reaction seems to be that, well, these are American citizens. We don't want to hurt our American citizens. Then what are the black and brown people who are protesting? So they're not citizens as well? You know, that's my question, you know, just. Protesting is not a crime. The breaking and entering is. Protesting is a privilege or right as an American citizen, but not being destructive and causing a riot. So, you know, it, it's really getting tiresome. Um, you know, just the same response. I am glad that some people are slowly turning and um, and picking up the momentum and the, just the voice and just and saying this needs to stop, this was wrong. And I mean, from the other side and changing their voice and saying, hey, this was wrong. You know, we have to say what it is and just hope and pray that we can get to that other side eventually. Thank you, ladies. I, I completely agree. I think that, you know, your question, Tiffany, is a valid one. So you don't want to hurt American citizens who are busting in windows. And, you know, you know, supposedly some of them, the intent was to, hurt and kill some of um, our, our elected officials. And it's so interesting that you didn't feel the same when we were beating people up and knocking them over so that um, the president of the United States could go take a picture with the upside down Bible um, at a church. So, you know, it just brings me back to one of uh, another guest we had, uh, one of the few men that we've had on the show who talked about the fact that society doesn't see us as human beings. They don't see us as citizens. We're just a problem, a menace, a thing, property to be controlled. And I think that that was on full display um, from what we saw um, that day, you know, and the blatantness of the, they were with their feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk and they had the lectern and it was like, this was just okay to do. Um, and so just talking a little bit and then we're going to uh, turn because I really want to make sure that we talk about, even with all of what they are trying to do, uh, we have a lot to celebrate and we're not going to allow them to take that from us. But let's just talk a little bit about um, what I, I think, Tiffany, you've talked about it a little bit. The fact that you think they definitely all need to be uh, prosecuted. And I think we can all agree with that. But in reality, what do you all think is really going to happen as a result of what we saw that day on the Capitol? Uh, Tiffany, you can go first. I try not to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Because I want to think that hopefully they can catch as many as they can. Uh, definitely they're calling those, you know, nationwide, if you recognize someone, to um, call the authorities. My thing was put it all on Facebook. Facebook has you know, facial recognition. They can find anybody. Um, so we can get the names and, and, you know, get this done. And they need to make examples. And they need to be um, prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Um, and that's it. You know, just go, you know, of course, it's probably not going to happen that way. Um, I hear the number rising in the um, number of arrests they've made. And they found, I think, several here in Florida. I think we have the largest number right now of those arrested. You know, they always say it comes back to this state. But um, 
hopeful in the sense of that, you know, my goal is not for people to be arrested, but we have to show our children that there are repercussions for your actions. And you just cannot go around committing crimes. And there needs to start to be some equity in regards to, you know, how, you know, our white counterparts are treated, you know, compared to us as black and brown um, people. And, you know, I'm just hopeful. I mean, I was looking at the news every day just to kind of see what was going on in regards to that. Um, definitely now um, the authorities have gotten into it and they, you know, found um, certain people who were kind of the leaders or in charge or the main people. But I just wanted to have some sense of justice in that regard so we can just, you know, move forward. But we'll see. Thank you so much, Tiffany. Amber, what about you? What do you think realistically is going to happen? Um, realistically, I think that even if they, you know, arrest these individuals and find them, um, unfortunately, I don't think that their um, punishment will be fit the crime. Um, they'll, a lot of them will probably get community service, um, probation, something drastically different that would have happened to us if we would have made it out alive. Um, so I'm hoping that that's not it. I hope that the sentence is um, equitable, but I, I really don't see that happening. Um, what I would really like to happen is, I don't know how many of you saw the news, but I would love it that people saw pictures. That girl turned in her own mama and her uncle. She saw them on the news and she saw a picture and she called the authorities on her own mama and her uncle because she said wrong is wrong. And she called and said, hey, that's my mama, gave them their name and they were arrested. So I hope more people do that and not you know, try to hide the fact. And because all of those people there, you know that there are several thousands of people that know those individuals that were in their pictures and they're not saying anything. So I just want more people to speak up and I want the actual sentencing to be um, to the crime and not just a, a, a knock on the hand or just a little, okay, well, it'll be okay. We'll just give you, you know, 20 hours of, of community service and it'll be fine. Um, but I'm, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's a more stringent punishment, but I really don't think it will be. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I'm, I'm hoping for better, uh, but I think that uh, when you're black and brown and you've had so many disappointments that it's very difficult um, to hold on to that hope, even though we want to do that. Uh, and that girl, that's, she is my hero. I love it. You know, wrong is wrong and you didn't have any business doing that and I'm turning you in. Uh, and I know we said we were going to take a turn, but I did think of one other question I wanted to ask. Um, and I think I know what my answer would be to this, but I want to hear from you guys first. Why do you think, so we had a black man as president for eight years and never did we see a siege on the Capitol. Why do you think now it seems to be, you know, we have a, a white man who's going to be president. We are going to have our first female woman of color uh, vice president. But when the highest office in the land went to a person of color, we didn't see what we're seeing now. Um, so why do you think it is, what do you think is different now, um, almost 12 years after he took office that, um, has brought out the people who, this is how they always felt. Y'all know that it's not like they just decided in the last few weeks or years that they feel this way. This is how they've always felt, but they seem to feel bold, uh, to be able to just come out and do what maybe they would have left undercover. And why do you think, um, that is, and Tiffany, I'll let you begin. I think it lands back to the leadership, as you stated. Um, this leadership, and I use that word very, very lightly, um, has awakened a, you know that underbelly, that um, that fear of that they are no longer as important as they thought they were. That the world does not move because they're here. They're perceived privileged and maybe rightfully so, is not stable anymore. And so they're literally running scared. Um, and so, unfortunately, the, the one in office has spoken to that and caused a frenzy and has fed into it. Some of it is ignorance. Some of it is just, um, just like I said, the fear of getting something taken away from them. They haven't had to worry. They haven't had to um, feel like they don't ma you know, matter. And as we're starting to say, you know, we matter too. It's not that other people don't matter, but we matter as well. 
And so I think that's what it is. You know, when we had a black president, he was just, he was a good president. Let's just say that. And maybe one of the greatest. And, you know, and that's just my personal opinion. And because rightfully so, he, you know, he won the election. He's educated, a family man. He was presidential. For me, this leadership is not presidential. And so you have someone who is there and has made a mockery of the office and has just fed into a group of people that were just waiting and waiting and stirring the pot and stirring the pot. And then eventually it just overflowed. And so, you know, that's why definitely, you know, I just can't wait for the new administration to come in and, you know, so we can be done hopefully with that, but that's why, you know, if the leadership is speaking to it and feeding it and stoking the fire, then this is what's going to happen. Thank you so much. Amber, how about you? Um, I believe that that definitely is it. And I just believe that when um, we had a person of color in office, truly, just like Tiffany said, he was a good president, regardless of his color. He was a, a great president. But I think because of the color of his skin, I think that you know, it was individuals who just couldn't believe that this happened. And this man got elected twice. How did we let this happen? And then I think the um, person that we have who is supposed to be the leader of our country now has incited this feeling of, yeah, it's okay to feel that way. Let's get mad. Let's do this because, you know, we're going to do this. It is making people think that their bias, them being so prejudiced over us and having these feelings um, is okay. And it's okay to speak it and it's okay to say it and it's okay to treat people any kind of way because he does it. So, you know, he is leading by example, but his example is just, is, is awful. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what other, you know, any other way to say it, but his example is just awful. And he is igniting in these people to say what they have been thinking the entire time. Um, and unfortunately, you know, through this, I've lost some friends because now you really know how they feel from the things that they have said, because they think it's okay to say that. And it's not. Um, and because he says it, they think that they can say it. And with that being said, it just causes all other kind of issues, um, in that. And so you have one president that was great and one president that wasn't so great. And I think that some of it had to do with their color, but some of it not. You know, President Barack Obama, I believe, was just a good president, period, regardless of his skin color. Thank you so much. Ooh, y'all said a mouthful with that. I agree. I just wanted to hear what you all were thinking. I think that they were absolutely shocked that this happened twice. I think they felt like the first time was a fluke and that they spent four years trying to do everything they could so that he would not be reelected and they can't believe it happened. And this person that we have in the office right now is just really fueling a fire. And it's sad because I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, he only cares about himself. And so, you know, the fact that he's got this group of people who are following him, you know, no matter what, I mean, whatever comes out of his mouth, it doesn't even have to make sense. And they just roll with it. Um, and so it's definitely uh, fueling an element that it's stoking a fire that had been kind of brewing for a while. Uh, and I've lost a friend or two as well. I've seen some things on Facebook that have really made me sad and thought, wow, I never really thought that would be coming from you. Uh, and so it, it's it's opened uh, all of our eyes um, to some things that maybe we thought we knew some people and we found out we really didn't know them. Um, and I also agree, Tiffany, it is time um, for something that is more presidential, that we don't have to be embarrassed. I mean, all over the world. I know we have Amber and I have a sister-in-law who is in um, Canada. And she was just like, I'm just praying for y'all. I feel so sorry for y'all. I mean, we look like absolute, you know, idiots as far as I'm concerned throughout the the, the world. And so I'm, I'm looking for better. Uh, and so with that, let's just kind of change gears a little bit and talk about our excitement as it relates to Vice President-elect Harris. And did you ever think that this day would come? There was so much discussion um, and people who had trouble voting for Hillary Clinton because she was a woman when she was running for president. And we know several women have, um, you know, been in a position of power, but to be able to be in the second highest office in the land, how does that make you feel? And did you ever think you'd see it? Amber, you can start. I'm super, 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 super happy. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm black. I'm a woman. And, you know, yes, when we have our president who was black, it just made us feel like that we could accomplish so much. But for this to be a woman and she's black 
and she went to an HBCU. It's just all those things rolled up and together. It just seems like it could be your neighbor or your friend, um, somebody that you really, really close could know. Um, you could know someone who could be the vice president, have such a high, high position. Um, I'm super excited. I've already taken the whole day off. I've got plans. I've got my clothes picked out. Um, <laughs> it's just, it makes you just feel really strong as a woman. Then she's black. And then she's also gone to a historically black college. Um, so it's just, um, it kind of in the, in the midst of all that's going on, this is something that you can really, really be excited about. And I just, me personally, as a woman in general, um, regardless of your race, I just don't see how you can't be excited. And then on top of that, she is a woman of color. And on top of that, she went to a black college or university. It's just a great thing. And Tiffany, how about you? And the same and, you know, definitely excited. And I'm now, now thinking, <laughs> how am I going to see this on Wednesday? But I'll make sure I'll, you know, I'll find a way because I do want to watch this moment in history and being the mother of four beautiful daughters and, you know, being the oldest of all girls, just like you are, you know, you all have sisters. It just, it gives validation. Um, you know, she looks like us. Um, that, that is possible. I definitely believe in options. When I talk to young girls, especially through our um, sororities youth group or the ones that I tutor at the school, you know, I tell them about options. You don't want to limit yourself. You know, you can go to any, you know, part, you know, any profession. And just to say, she is going to be the highest ranking woman in our country. And she looks like a C, you know, of, of color, the, the college, you know, Howard University. And just saying, don't let anyone limit you. And I hate that we had to have the tragedy we had the other week to kind of overshadow. But I just want this moment to, you know, pierce through that and just shine, you know, for the world. And the world will be looking at that. And just to be that close, it definitely, you know, does my um, heart good. And I'm very proud. Um, you know, she's a sister Greek. So just even having that camaraderie and just showing the power of women and the power of Black women. And let's, you know, keep it real. Black women did it. Um, my father is very proud of his daughters. And he said, you guys saved us again. You know, Black women, we're always here to the rescue. You know, we have nurtured, nursed um, this country since we were brought here. And it just shows that it's, it's time for us now. Honestly, I truly believe we need more Black women in positions of power, you need that level of, you know, commitment, um, perseverance, um, you know, definitely the, the intellect, um, but also the emotion and the compassion. Um, we're lacking that in leadership, you know, nationwide and worldwide. So just to see her in that moment, we know it's going to be, you know, if, if COVID wasn't here, we know it would be pink and green and Brown and black faces all up in, in Washington, D.C. and some other colors as well. But I'm definitely, you know, proud. And I just, you know, point to my daughters and say, look, you know, it's, it's possible. If this is what you want and you meet the qualifications, then you're entitled to it as well. And I'm just, you know, elated, you know, for this time. And just looking for the moment where one of us will be the president. Thank you so much, Amber. It looks like you wanted to say something else about that. Yeah, just to piggy, um, piggyback off of what Tiffany said, um, I think it's really ironic now, especially when the president became the president, president, um, we had a black president and now this, before, you know, you always told your kids, you can be anything you want to be. It doesn't matter. You can be the president. And I think before it's like we thought maybe that one day would happen. But now that we have these examples, it's like you can really look at our boys and girls and say, you could be the president one day. You can be vice president one day. Like it really can happen because look, we have an exact example. You know, before it was easier said than done. You say that all the time, but you didn't have an example and it didn't seem to really happen. And so it's just, you know, excitement that you can talk to your boys and girls and young young adult women and men and tell them you can be president, you can be vice president, because look, it really did happen. Thank you so much, Tiffany. It looks like you had something you wanted to add. And I don't want us to stop here. You know, when um, we had our first, you know, and only black president, you know, we don't, that's not just a one show, you know, pony, you know, we want to make sure that this continues. 
Uh, you know, it's been a long time. Our country is a young country, of course, but it's been a lot of years. And we need to see more of us, male and female, men and women, we need to be in those positions. We need more Black mayors. We need more um, Black, you know, definitely Black governors. We need, you know, all levels of government. We need to see us. So we just can't be one and done. So we need to be grooming the next group. We need to be bringing up more in the cabinet. And I'm glad to see a diversified cabinet. I'm glad to see, you know, um, that they're reaching out to different sectors, you know, public and private. So we just need more and more. And I just don't want us to stop here. And it's like we, and also they're not going to be the savior. They're just, they're the stepping stone. We had the others who laid the foundation with the marches. We had, you know, Martin Luther King. We definitely had our frat brother, John Lewis, and the others that have come before who did march, who were beaten to say, hey, we have a right for a seat at the table. And somebody said, hey, if they don't, well, you know, we have a seat at the table and the table will shift. And I think we're seeing a shift. It may be slow, but let's shift and shift some more. So let's, you know, the start. They're not here to save us. They're here to help us. But we need to get on that bandwagon in regards to we can do it and we can help this country. So let's get more and more people. So let's bring others with us. So I hope and pray that we have a president of color, you know, next, and we just keep it moving and keep it moving. Let let that presidential picture that you see of all the portraits, let it change a little bit. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Amen to that. Definitely don't want this to be a one-time thing. It's like, okay, y'all had y'all president and now you got your vice president. And so now we can move on to business as usual. We definitely do not want to see that. Uh, and as we talk about um, having a, a diversified Congress and cabinet, I would be remiss, you know, especially when you said, um, that Black women have come to the rescue again. I want to spend a minute or two talking about Stacey Abrams, that woman. Oh my God, I love her. Um, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on some of that. I mean, the women who were instrumental in turning red states blue, who were quietly sitting back and um, talking to people, meeting with folks. You know, um, Georgia has a special place in my heart these days, you know, in Florida, Lord, we still, still red. My, my county, I was very proud of, but uh, they really, you know, took a state that for years had been red. And I think nobody ever thought they would see this happen uh, and they flipped it. And so uh, what are your thoughts as it, it relates to that? Uh, Tiffany, let, I'll let you start. Well, I'm definitely, you know, wanting to learn more and more about Stacey Abrams. You know, she's definitely... One of my sheroes, along with the others, and you know, another product of a historically black college and university, and she didn't let being you know defeated in a contentious governor race stop her. She said, "Okay, I got you, but I got you." <laughs> and so she took it. She ran with it. Um, you know, it's grassroots. Um, definitely looking forward to reading some of her books. I think she also has um, you know maybe, you know, some nonfiction and fiction that I definitely want to read. Um, and just to get into the mind of this phenomenal woman. And um, so I look forward to her, you know, definitely moving up, you know, and maybe one day she might be at that highest level. And if she's there, I'm here for it. Um, just, you know, we, we, you know, we're here saving America. Um, we, we love this country. You know, and that's what gets me when others say, Black people aren't patriotic. We're probably the most patriotic people here, considering how we were brought here. And so, you know, I and take my hat off to her and just, you know, you know, bow down in that regard. And she is amazing and just look forward to what she has um, to come for our country. And Amber, how about you? I'm the same here. I'm so proud of her. And I'm glad that she did not let her defeat and governor, you know, stop her and just say, well, I didn't get that. And so um, let me wallow in this or let me just sit here. She says, no, I still want to affect change. I still want to make a difference out here. And I didn't make it as governor, but I'm going to do something to um, help in this. And I think that her not becoming governor actually pushed her more. So um, even though they may have been upset that she did not get it, but I'm thinking that what would have happened in Georgia and how they turned blue, I'm not sure if that would have happened. Um, 
She may have been tied up in other things, being governor, trying to do. She may not have been as instrumental as she was in doing what she did. And so, you know, God has a purpose and a reason for everything. And so it could have seemed like defeat to her, um, but she did not take that defeat and just sit down and do nothing and wallow in it. She turned it around and said, I'm still going to make a difference and I'm still going to do something. And I think as women in general, we do that. We get knocked down, but we get back up and we do what we have to do to make things work. And she just proved the point. Y'all better preach. That is so true. I think that, you know, of so many people, I, I, I went back and looked at some of the coverage, you know, when she talked about the disenfranchisement um, and what happened in that governor race, it was like, oh, sour grapes, you know, just all of that. And she really took all of that negativity and decided, you know what, they think I'm down and out, but I'm just going to quietly do what's necessary uh, to see a change made. Um, and I was thinking the same thing, Amber, before you said it, that God definitely has a purpose and a plan. And what looks like defeat may have been the catalyst for what we are now um, witnessing today. Uh, and so I, do, I too look forward to seeing where she's going to go and um, how she will be instrumental in this new uh, administration. Um, and so now I just wanted to ask a, another question, um, just because it, it's it's an interesting perspective. I know we want to keep it positive talking about what's going to happen uh, on Wednesday and the history that's going to be made. But Amber, you made a comment that was interesting to me when you said that you just don't see how any woman, black, white, brown, whatever, could not be excited for this historic moment, that it's a woman who is about to be the vice president of these United States. But I will say that I have seen several negative comments and a lot of times they talk about how, you know, she didn't get where she is on her marriage. She slept her way to the top. And a lot of times I see it from women, white women typically, but from women. So what do you all say to that? Where do you think that comes from? You know, we did an episode that's uh, up right now where we talk about the importance of women supporting each other, right? And so, you know, regardless of color, you ought to be able to put some of that aside and just be happy for your gender because women have also had to fight for rights in this country. And so why do you think that even at a time where it's a woman who's going to be vice president and you still have this negativity from other women? Amber, I'll let you start. Um, they're intimidated, plain and simple. Um, I think that, yes, we're all women, but I think the things that black women have gone through, I think we're stronger. Um, I think that we um, can handle things a lot better. Um, so I think it's intimidation. They're intimidated. They're jealous. Um, I think that they see it as we should not be getting farther than them. Yes, we're all women and we should be in this together, but it's still some little bit of, but you shouldn't have as much as I have. Um, you know, I guess, quote unquote, privilege, you know, you should not have exactly what I have. And I think a lot of it is jealousy. The you know, it's OK. We're happy for, you know, we want you should be happy that this woman is about to be the vice president of the United States. But they probably wish it would have been a white woman that would have been better to them and they could be excited. And to me at this point, it should not be race. You know, just like you said, Karen, that, you know, we were not able to vote. There were things that just women in general were not able to do. And just to see that from all of that, how far we've come, that a woman is going to be the vice president. It's sad that it is um, diminished just because of the color of her skin from some people. Um, and just like you said, I had someone who, when I was so proud of the moment and I posted it and I'm like, oh my gosh, a woman is going to be the vice president. We had, I had someone make a comment who I no longer speak with, but you know, she got there on her knees. And how do you demean just this moment and being a woman? A woman can't just be great because she's great, <laughs> you know, but you would never say that about even if it's a black man, you would never say that about the man that he got his way to the top. And I think a lot of this is because we have been so male dominated that they think that a woman has to do that just to be able to get to the same position that a man does. But of course, it has to be the black woman and not someone of another race. So I think it saddens me that it is, you know, diminished because of her, the color of her skin. But I just think a lot of it is intimidation and just sheer jealousy. Thank you so much. Amber, Tiffany, what about you? Yeah, definitely. I can echo those sentiments. Um, you know, said double jeopardy, you know, it's her skin color and her gender. Um, it just kind of takes me back, um, considering you're getting most of the flack from 
you know, maybe white women. It goes back to, you know, those days of antebellum. You know, they want to go back. They want to make, you know, America great again. They want to go back to the, you know, those days and where we were subservient and we did whatever they did for their beck and call. You know, black women have been, we've been uh, nursemates and bedmates for this country. And her being in that position just right there front and center, they can't deal with. And so they have to bring her down. I also think it goes with patriarchy and also the church. Uh, what really bothers me is when people go back to American values and this and that and the church and just the hypocrisy. You both have mentioned where some of your friends um, on Facebook you may no longer have or even in just life. I had to deal with that with the church. Um, at one point, growing up in a predominantly white congregation and now hearing and seeing what they did when we had our first black, you know, black president. And then like, really, this is what you thought. And so just some of that, where some people think, especially the South, that maybe women are supposed to be in leadership or they're using that to disguise their true feelings. But, you know, and also, you know, men are supposed to, you know, lead everything and we're just supposed to be docile women and follow. So I think it's, it's several layers, um, definitely the jealousy, definitely um, the intimidated, Definitely feeling of being replaced or misplaced. But, you know, we should be supporting one another. At one point, we were there. One of our sister Greek organizations was there supporting their right to vote, not our right to vote as women of color. And they conveniently forget that. And now that we have someone in office who can just bring women and just let our young girls and young women know that they're just as important and they're just as capable. Now we want to tear her down. You know, we have that double-edged sword. Either we're the angry black woman, we're too aggressive, um, you know, we're too driven, and that would never be said to a male, black or white. And so we need to let our daughters know that it is okay to be unapologetically you. And so we just need to come together as women and just support her and encourage her. Thank you, ladies. I totally agree with that. So as we get ready to end, I want to end on a positive note, definitely. And so I want to know how you guys are planning to celebrate on Inauguration Day. And I got a late comer to the mic, one of my line sisters, one of my other sorority sisters just joined. And so I'm going to let her jump in on this question too, uh, Lawanda. So you can answer this question as well. But what are you guys be uh, planning to do? I am Greek. I am from an HBCU. I am female. So I am completely, I'm here for what's going to be happening on Wednesday. Um, and I plan to celebrate. I know that, you know, we have a girlfriend who, um, you know, my Amber talked about her business and she made some shirts. You know, everybody talks about her pearls and her shoes, baby. Um, and so uh, there are a lot of shirts that people are going to be wearing that day to celebrate. There's a, a Facebook group that talks about wearing your pearls. So I want to know what you guys are planning to do to celebrate this great moment on Wednesday. And Tiffany, I'll let you start. And then Lawanda, I'll um, give you a chance. And then Amber, uh, you'll end it for us. So Tiffany, you can begin. Well, I was really hoping you would go to one of the panelists, but that's okay <laughs> because I'm well, still planning to, it out. You want me to switch the order? Is why well, you I'm think fine. about what you plan to do? Okay. <laughs> you gave some great ideas, so now I need to make sure I have my pearls in place. I need to have make sure I have my trucks in place. Um, as I mentioned, being a sister Greek, definitely going to Florida A&M University, a historically black college, or university rather. You know, we're going to be in the building, so I just have to work my magic and make sure I'm there in the place, but I will definitely be watching, listening, participating, cheering her on, and just making sure my daughters are there front and center to witness this moment in history. So I'm here for it. Let's get excited. Let's go. All right, Sarah Lawanda, I'm going to unmute you. So tell us what you're planning to do and what this means. I know you have a daughter to you as you and your daughter get ready to watch this moment. Um, definitely on Wednesday, I will be in my chucks and pearls. Um, I'm, my daughter doesn't own any chucks, but she will be in her pearls on Wednesday. I feel that, um, this moment is much greater than anything we experienced, um, with Obama as black women, um, as a woman who is supporting, you know, my HBCU sister, my fellow Greek sister. I think that this is a moment in time definitely for us to show our daughters um, and any other young ladies that we're able to have any kind of influence on the power 
and what's going to take place on Wednesday. Um, for the first time, I feel that Wednesday Inauguration Day should be a national holiday um, because I think that people need time to take it all in. Um, this will be a different experience probably compared to anything we've ever done um, because Washington won't be um, the, the the Smithsonian Mall. Everything won't be as crowded as it has typically been. But this is now a virtual experience that we all get to play a part in our support, in what we do, and just to promote another sister. I, I, I can't stress that enough, the importance of us supporting our own and recognizing that the time has arrived when all that our grandmothers, our great grandmothers talked about, encouraged us, prayed for us um, to do to, to, you know, to get our education. Um, those who come from a lineage of rattlers or a lineage of bison, you know, depending on where your family has roots. This is our time to show that our education is just as good or even better um, as those of other institutions. So this, I'm excited for Wednesday. Um, I even thought about wearing pink, but my friends were like, no, you can't wear pink. But just to show support that it doesn't matter where we went to school. It doesn't matter what sorority we, we you know, we're, what colors we wear, anything like that. What's most important right now is that we have, a sister in the second most highest official position in the United States of America. And that is true history. And this is only the beginning of what is to come. Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm glad you were able to join us. She was in a little traffic, but glad she was able to get on for part of this discussion. And Amber, what are you planning to do on inauguration day? Let me tell you. I did not go to an HBCU, unfortunately. I am not Greek, but I am black and I'm a woman. And I took the day off the day it was official. So I had the day off. I'm getting up early that morning. I've even got my little outfit picked out. I have a, a company and I've already made 27 Chucks and Pearl shirts because I don't have any Chucks. But I'm going to put on my pearls. I'm going to put on my Chucks and Pearl shirt. I'm going to do the same thing when President Obama got inaugurated both times. I took the day off. I was there from the beginning. I watched him get out the car. I watched him get in the car. I watched him get the ball and dance. When I tell you I order food, I've already know what I'm going to order. I've been to the grocery store to get my snacks. When I tell you I am ready, I am so excited. I want to watch this historic moment, and I'm going to be in my house. I am not leaving. Everything's going to be delivered that I need with my outfit on and lots of pictures, and I'm just going to be blowing up social media. That's my plans for the day. I've been telling y'all I've been having this plan for like months. I can hear the excitement in your voice. I will say this to you, sis. I'm going to eat my shirt, though. I mean, I know I was late ordering, <laughs> but but I'm going to eat my shirt to wear. Um, I am going to be working during the day, but I'm going to work with my shirt on uh, so I can proudly represent that I am excited about this day um, on Wednesday. And so, ladies, I just want to thank you all for this opportunity, for having this conversation. I just thought it would be remiss not to do it when history is being made. And this is a podcast that promotes women of color. So again, I appreciate all three of you for being with me today. If you have anything you want to hear us talk about here on In My Shoes, you can hit me up at kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. Again, that is kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. And as we get ready for this historic celebration, until we meet again, be blessed.